0: If you're good at something, never do it for free.
1: Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, would you still agree? Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, would you still agree? Hey guys, welcome back to Kevin and the Wu Tang clan, and I feel like we're on a roll right now, uh posting podcasts more consistently, and of course who else other to well other than to welcome Andrew Ramondi thanks for coming back on i think this is like 3 in a row in like what within the span of a month and a half or 2 yeah, months or so yeah
0: basically I, yeah i think this is the third podcast we've done since the start of the playoffs or like around then so so yeah but uh it's the you know it's the most exciting time of the year i've certainly been watching um the most basketball that I have, like, at all. Like, I definitely watch more basketball during the playoffs than I did the entire regular season, in part because my favorite team was so bad. But uh, it's been interesting. To, and we've been texting so much that I feel like we're like, you know, why not get some of the thoughts out
1: on the pod? So happy to happy to be here, man. Yeah, and it's just like, I I think we gave our finals predictions along with the conference finals predictions on the last pod. And it pretty much came to fruition in in terms of how we thought uh, things were going to turn out, maybe a couple of discrepancies here and there, but I mean, we both had golden state and Boston moving forward, even though I had my flirtations with uh, picking Miami and you had yours with picking Dallas. Um, But we pretty much, Predicted both of those series correctly. Um, I, I, I didn't oh, want to spend yeah.
0: too much time although, lingering although to on. Be, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna just say to be fair, we can't act like those were our those were our pre- predictions within the vacuum of he. I mean, like our actual predictions from the beginning of the
2: oh, playoffs yeah. being yeah.
0: horrible, <laughs> but yes. Yeah. I do feel like we, uh, I know you were going to say what you don't want to spend time on. I was going to say, I do feel like generally our uh, our takes on the Heat Celtics series were pretty spot on. And then there was a little bit more variance in how we perceived the Warriors' match series, although we both eventually got the ultimate result correct. So we deserve some pat on the back. I'm not giving myself too many, but, you know.
1: Definitely not. I think like I think that pod. Is, yeah.
0: I think that pod. Basically, the analysis of that pod reflected an, an increased amount of basketball watching and and discernment. Whereas, at least for me, the beginning of the playoffs probably was a little bit more shooting from the hip. For sure. That's and the I kind think, of that's the kind of honesty that this podcast
1: is known for. You know,
0: telling exactly. you that I'm
1: stupid. Exactly. We're basically holding ourselves accountable and we don't want anyone to come after us and say, hey, look at this revisionist history that's going on yeah. here on this podcast. As Bill so Simmons we- as Bill Simmons would say, the aggregators, the aggregators can't be coming for us, you know? Definitely not. So, Andrew, one of the first questions that I wanted to ask going yeah. into this final series and, you know, I'm going to just kind of put it out there. I I predicted Golden State in seven against the Boston Celtics before the conference finals started. And then you had Boston in seven against the Golden State Warriors. So do you feel better about that prediction or do you feel or, or do you feel the same? Do you feel worse? How do you feel after watching the conference finals about your prediction?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You you pra- phrase it to you got kind of me to me the answer for to, to me the question sort of I wanted to ask. It's a thing I've been thinking about, and I was listening that as I've been listening to. I felt Zach Lowe put this very well on his podcast. Was like this idea, and I'm interested in hearing your take on this idea. Also, like this idea that Boston may be the more when you look on paper and like their overall body of work, the personnel, etc., cetera, et cetera, like to me Boston is the more talented team perhaps, like all told, whereas Golden State looks better. And I think that's kind of the central tension at issue here as we head into these playoffs. Like Boston just like you know, basically since they got past the got past the Nets has like bit like they ha they're this model of a team that like makes so much sense right like they're de- just this incredibly solid defense, one of the best of of the modern NBA era, probably. Uh, you know, b- you know, big wings and Tatum and and Brown, who can also create. You know, a got Marcus Smart, the Defensive Player of the Year. You know, versatile in different ways, Bigs in, in Williams and, and Horford. You know, and just like and then like an offense that you know. Like, an offense that has enough, right? And, like, that's kind of the one area. And then this is going to be a patented soliloquy right away. And then I'll just throw it back to you to to dance off whatever you want. Like, and I think that has been the one kind of concern. And I always had it a little bit. Like, I think we – like, kind of – I think you and I both hearts on this question of, like, if Tatum's in God mode, they're going to be fine offensively, right? But when he's mm-hmm. not – what do they do on night to on a night to night basis? And I think like throughout both the Bucks series at points not as much, and in the Heat series more. You've seen that sort of issue start to creep its re, creep its head up a little more. Where you know I'm a little bit more concerned about like this team's ability to match up with Golden, like to outscore this Golden State State team. Sometimes like obviously they will be. At least, it, I think it's obvious to me that they will pose Boston that as the biggest defensive threat to to Golden State as anyone has this entire playoffs so far. But um, and it should also be noted though that Golden State is just such a completely different offense than the Heat or the or the Bucks or the Nets that were a little bit more stagnant and traditional and matchup based, whereas Golden State's Golden State. Um, but But, uh, you know, all that being said, uh, so, like, that being – so, basically, to sort of sum up what I was trying to say there again is, like, Golden – the Celtics make a lot of sense on paper and, like, certainly have the talent to match up with this team, theoretically, but, you know, they have – you know, looked a little bit more shakier than Golden State, whereas on the other hand, Golden State has kind of been this playoffs juggernaut. They've dispatched with, with these teams pretty easily, and, lo- you know, they're, they've are they been the best playoff offense. You know, Curry's had it going. You know, their role players, be it Looney, Wiggins, Poole, have all kind of had their moments to shine. Um, and, and they're the favorites. They're minus 150 in the betting markets and obviously also have home court advantage. But similarly, there's this kind of question of, like, but have they really – then you start to look back at their their opponents, you know, uh, be it uh, the Nuggets in the first round, you know, the Grizzlies in the second, and now the Mavs in, in in the Western Conference Finals. And I personally thought the Mavs would pose more of a challenge than they actually did but now there's kind of this question of like, are they really that good or did they just, or are they good and had a little bit of a cakewalk to get here? So that's sort of the central tension. I'm, I'm looking at coming into this. Um, I, so like all to answer your question, I think I basically feel the same, which is like, not that confident, but I wouldn't feel that confident about picking either side. And I think, uh, this is the bet. like, this is, I think, the most exciting finals matchup in many, many years um, in the NBA. So with that, I'd like to kind of, you can talk about whatever you want, but kind of the two things I'd like to sort of throw back at you is like, do you agree, like, how excited are you for this matchup? And two, like, what do you make of my central idea of the kind of talent versus experience or the overall talent versus sort of, playoff
1: examples uh question who 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 do you kind of favor yeah and i think i mean you posed two really interesting questions i guess or or points and i'll take the first one in terms of how did i am i think this is the best possible series we were going to get from the Western and Eastern conference uh, finals possibilities. And I was really excited that it turned out this way because it feels like to me, this is the most unpredictable finals or or in terms of like not knowing who's going to be able to come on top. It it feels like it's almost a coin flip in some way. Yeah and 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 maybe the betting markets are favoring the warriors basically um based on past experience or past precedent um where a lot of i guess Vegas and what they're kind of doing is hoping that all this public money is going to be going on the warriors and ho- hopefully trying to attract um maybe what maybe to bet on Boston a little bit more I, I think that's probably my guess on that. And then in terms of just like excitement, in terms of like playing styles and stuff like that, I think it's going to be super fascinating to see how this Golden State team attacks this really good defensive team in Boston. And I I, I think the the previous matchups, like the Giannis matchup in in round two, like for that matchup it was pretty much give the ball to Giannis and let's see what he can do. And then yeah. where and then like even in even in the last round, like I thought Boston started to get a little bit more exposed even though like even though I clearly thought Boston was better than Miami, I just felt yeah. like that Miami I couldn't believe that Miami team was in this in the series, honestly, with mm-hmm. the way their offense was was kind of struggling throughout the series, and a lot of these players were in and out. Tyler Hero didn't really produce Correct. much in, in the last couple of games, and Jimmy Butler was just unreal in the past two games. So that was pretty that was pretty interesting to see. But this Warriors offense is so so different, like you mentioned, in terms of that motion offense that you're having Curry and Clay kind of come off of these picks. Um, running guys off of the picks to you know doing curls and all those things that uh the these deadly shooters are gonna do to be able to get open. And I'm I'm curious how Boston defends that because they have the talent to match up with um Golden State. And then it kind of bleeds into that second point like you were saying, um about whether or not um boston's talent um matches up against maybe golden state's experience and and i guess it's kind of like throwing back this hypothetical to you andrew like if golden state didn't have this championship pedigree or yeah do you feel like do you feel like boston's favored because i feel like boston would be favored and it's it's maybe because golden state kind of had a cakewalk through through the western conference and Um, they, it didn't seem like they were really challenged. It didn't seem like they could have, I felt like they could have played a lot tougher of a schedule, um, in the playoffs if it just kind of worked out that way. And it worked out where they got a little bit lucky, um, with the draw, basically. And to me, it feels like, Boston's a little bit more battle-tested throughout these playoffs. And it's not like this Boston team lacks the playoff experience because they've been sure. to how many? Three Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, this is their first sure. one on the big stage. So it's not like they're... I, I don't think they're going to be necessarily, what is it, scared or freeze up uh, in the finals. To me, it To me, it seems like I'm really curious how Golden State Golden State defends this Boston team. Um, just in term, it seems like Wiggins is probably going to be on Tatum, especially with how sure. Wiggins was on Doncic, and it's not like Wiggins really like stopped to Doncic, but it's he slowed him down a little bit. It seemed like. And uh, he held his own, I think would be like, if you,
0: if you play out, like, uh, if you do one of those like bell curves of like the, all the possible outcomes, like that was a top, if you were a warrior fan, that was like a top 25% outcome. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they locked him up and he didn't get his, but like, you know, all things considered that was about, that was certainly in the, in the top quartile of 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 you know defensive performances you could have helped hoped for and uh you know just you can keep going but like I I just wanted to add like I was pretty fucking impressed with with the Warriors defensively in that series overall Mm -hmm. and perhaps that came from and perhaps that came from uh taking to like I think I definitely looking back took too much away from the Sun series and mistook a couple players getting hot for or like I think you had oh, your your central tenet of like, but who is the other who were the other guys held true, and I they really couldn't do it by committee in the way I thought they were going to. But like, just as a quick example, like I really didn't think Looney was going to be much of a factor in the Mavs series, and he was just very very good. He was able to pretty much hold his own in every game, and like in that. Uh, in that last game, especially what was, was it five or six? I don't even remember. Five. Uh, Five. Yeah. Yeah. In game five, like his offense, like his, his having him there just like for just what he added to that team in terms of like offensive rebounding, like just put the Mads at such a disadvantage that they never really seemed to, to get much of a rhythm. Uh, but yeah, sorry. Continue on. I just wanted to stick that in there. Before we moved away from from the Mavs series into the yeah, finals,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, and I, I what were I you like, asking me? I forgot.
0: <laughs> no, I, I
1: what I was asking you was pretty much like, if this Golden State team didn't have that championship oh, category yeah. of like the three finals, uh, or Correct. the you know the six yeah, out would of they the be eight favored. finals, would they be favored? Or is this, or is it kind of looked upon them? Are are they looked upon favorably just because oh they got Steph they have Draymond they have Clay um, they have that championship medal that they can rely on and and that's something that can't be quantified necessarily other sure. than like all right they're minus one fifty favorites
0: yeah well I mean for one thing they're at home. Uh, And I, like, I know that's kind of a boring, like, short cutting around your, and I will try and address your points, but, like, I do think them being at home, even at all things being equal, I think them being at home should give them a little bit of an advantage, and especially because, and I thought Lowe also made this, like, when Lowe said this, I thought it made a lot of sense, like, Game one, like the Celtics are just going to be in such a disadvantage in game one, like having to adapt, go from like as you correctly pointed out, the ma- the Heat the Heat without Hero and like in with these varying injuries, like Lowry wasn't able to really do much in the series uh you know bam and jimmy both had varying levels of in of injury at at times during the series i think they both missed at least one game uh obviously like you said butler was spectacular down the stretch and uh i would have i loved uh uh tim like i always loved the contrarian like cuz they voted on mvps of the series uh i they voted on mvps of the series uh in the finals Eastern Conference in the conference finals for the first time ever. And I love myself a contrarian vote for the guy on the losing team pick. Like, I'm trying to think, mm. was it fifth- What was the year where, like, there was uh, the idea that LeBron should still win finals MVP? I don't know if it I was think that 17 was the 18 or. Series. Was that the Iggy? Yes. Yeah. So, what was that? Yeah. 15, right? So, I think it like, Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I'm always a fan of, like, I would have voted for LeBron in 15, and I, like, pro- I think Tim Bontemps of ESPN did, was the only one who did this, but, like, I would have totally voted for Jimmy Butler as MVP of the, of MVP of the series. I always think it's really stupid that uh, with, it's the most val- – like, what would that ser- – like, if you- Tatum won, right? Like, if you remove Tatum from that series and play it out – what the, the Celtics probably win in like five or like the heat don't have a chance without Jimmy Butler in that series. So yeah, I don't know. That's sure. just, that's a whole different thing, but, but put a pin in it. Uh, but the point you were making the point and the point I was trying to make about adjustments, game one, Warriors being favored, um, is that basically transitioning from that offense, which was literally like um, let's pound the air out of the ball for 20, two seconds and then Jimmy do something, you know, like transitioning to that from this, to this Warriors offense where there's so much backside action, one mistake, you know, and you're fucked, like all that. Like Mm. certainly the Celtics are as, as, to be clear, the Celtics are as up for, like, you look up and down at the players who are going to be on the floor at any given time. And at this point, I think you have to say that extends to a guy like Grant Williams, who has been like one of the kind of, you know, stars for lack of a better word of this, of the Celtics playoff run, like, and there, you think they'll all be capable, but there's still, there's still something of an, an adjustment that, that takes place. So I think for that, like the being at home and sort of that, that difference in play style, I think the Warriors are to be favored in game one. And therefore it does make sense to me that they're favored in this series, but I I do agree with you that like, I do think there's a, I think a lot of stock is being put in the, in the championship pedigree to be sure. Um, And I think also a lot of stock is being put in the ease. I think a lot of stock has been being, I think a thing that's like adding to that idea is the ease with which the Warriors have, have rolled through, this series because I've certainly found myself thinking and I think a lot of people find themselves thinking like, well, the warriors are back. Right. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like they're rolling, you know, this is, we're basically picking up like, and it will be interesting if they win, is this scene is like a continuation of the dynasty and the years were a blip or like, is this scene this kind of, it's, it's new thing or is it, I guess like a thing you would compare it to is kind of like, that last Spurs championship when, when they brought where they had kind of like always still been good, but they had gone up and obviously they aren't quite like a guy like Curry isn't quite a, like a guy like Draymond is somewhat a pro. They're not as old as guys like Duncan and Parker were when that, when that last, spurs playoff one and you know but and they had a guy like Kawhi leonard who you know there really pool as good as he is certainly not at a direct analog once again another i do like my tangents here but they're they they are distracting tangents the point i'm trying to make is like i do think the historical medal has sort of fused itself with their success in this playoff run. And I think you do pose an interesting question that's hard to interrogate of like, should we be taking that at face value or should we be kind of deconstructing it more? And I think the answer is just kind of like, it's worth something, but I think it's probably worth less to us than it is to the average NBA fan, you know? Like for all the championship medal they have, a guy like Andrew Wiggins, has never been in this situation in his life. And like, he's going to, be, I think we'd all agree. He's going to be like a vital part to what, what they're able to accomplish in this series. Ditto, ditto J- uh, Jordan pool. Like obviously because of the war, the offense, the warriors run and because Steph Curry, Steph Curry, I'm certainly not going to say that like Marcus smarts, just going to shut down Steph Curry and someone's going to have to step up. But you know, Clay I Clay's been fine in this playoffs and this was something I kind of brought up during the math series and and will not quite double down on but just like at some point there these other guys are going to have to like I think more than in the previous iteration of the Warriors are going to have to have their moments and that that's still it doesn't like remain a question meaning that I'm doubtful that it'll happen but like eventually these X factor is as in most finals that aren't blowouts, like all these different X factors do, do play a role. And I'm eager to, to, to kind of see what happens in that front. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, the Celtics have been in that, like have been in the pressure series, but they certainly, they certainly hadn't won. Uh, I think the Tatum is going to be, you know, and maybe I'll toss this back to you to give your, your thoughts on this as well. Volley this back to you with whatever else you want to talk about. Like, what do you expect from Tatum in this series? Like, this is, you know, this is kind of your guy. Like, we've seen him, like, we saw him Real. like, we've kind of seen it all, in my opinion, during this playoff. He's never been, like, super bad uh, by any stretch, but we've kind of seen him take over and be that sort of, MVP caliber player that, that, um, that, that you would expect him to be like, do, do you think, you know, do you think he needs to be the distinct MVP of the series for the Celtics to win? And do you think he's capable of doing that? I think that's a good way of framing the question.
1: Yeah. And then I guess the, you know, like kind of make the Warriors point about the home thing. Yeah. Like they're I'm not they're, they're, they're hearing what you have to say about I mean, that. Go ahead. They're nine and zero in the playoffs. At home, so like they yeah. they 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 definitely have a distinct advantage at home. So I I feel like that's kind of it. Totally makes sense in terms of why they're favored, and um, I I just don't think like once once the series starts that I don't know if that's really going to come into play in terms of that championship like experience. But I don't know. Maybe that maybe that does. It's not like it's not like Boston doesn't have. Experience, uh, experienced players. And I would say they might have like outside of the top three for the warriors. They Boston's pretty on par with most of their, most of like golden States roster in terms of experience. So I don't think they're necessarily too worried about it, but I do think the home thing is definitely more of a, more of a, more of a thing in golden State's favor than um than I think maybe then I think maybe maybe average viewers would put stock in maybe sure i I don't know it's kind of like average viewers would be like, "Oh, they're at home, it's like they're expected to win but I, I think once these games start, it'll it'll kind of bear out and show how close these teams are and kind of getting into my next point about scheduling slash rotations and then how that plays into the whole Tatum thing. So the scheduling when I was when I looked at it, I, I can't ever remember was it always three days in between games? Like, or am I imagining it,
0: No, it does seem like a little bit more, I don't know. And I'd have to, uh, I'd have to look that up, but off top, off the top of my head, it, uh, three days does seem like a long time. And I don't know if like, maybe it depends on how long the play, like, but the, although the one series did go to a game seven, so I don't, uh, yeah, I, I, it, it seems long, but like, I can't confirm, like I'm not well versed enough in, in the prior scheduling to, to know that for sure. Yeah. The first game's tomorrow, right. Thursday and then Friday, but then
1: game two's on Sunday. Right. So yeah, that's, yeah. So it's like, so they have two days of rest and then, the thir- and then they play on the third day. Like, yeah. I always thought I always thought whenever it was at home, like, for example, Golden State, they would yeah, play on Yeah, it's two and then
0: game. maybe, yeah,
1: yeah. And then they yeah, would yeah, take I don't... two days off to travel and then another game. But, like, anyways, like, it doesn't, se- it seems like all these games are spaced out with two days of rest with them playing the following day on that third day, except for game, I, I believe, except for game three and four where it's that
0: so uh, yeah i i was just gonna say
1: and then yeah go ahead
0: so i was just so gonna say guess, for a little bit of context last year yeah. uh the first game was played on july 6th the second was played on july 8th so that would have been that that would have only been one day in between uh right. but then there were occasionally three days between so I I think it depends. I don't are any of the games two days apart. Like I I wonder if like game three and game four would be two days apart. Like maybe they do one one that's three and one that's two for whatever reason. But but yeah, the point I you're making is that they're going to be one. okay. Uh, but the game the point department. I I think your point
1: still still certainly stands.
0: Keep going. Right. Go ahead. Right.
1: And like I I guess to go go along with that scheduling aspect of things like the rotation shortens and, like, these players are going to be able to play more minutes. And, like, you'll – you, I think you'll see the rotation shorten even more. Like, Boston's essentially – it seems like going to be playing seven-and-a-half dudes, like, to me. It seems like they're going to be playing seven-and-a-half players. And, like, Golden State, which is I, – I I can't really figure out their – rotations in terms of what it's ac- actually going to be like Gary Payton Jr uh, Gary Payton um there's Otto Porter Andre Iguodala there's all these guys that have been injured and they're talking about maybe they're going to play this series and uh Iggy, Iggy hasn't played throughout the playoffs Otto Porter got hurt um sure. last series and uh, Peyton obviously injured his elbow uh, during. Yeah, I think, Payton,
0: I think Payton. I think Peyton is supposed to be back, but I'm not complete. They're all questionable for game one, so that's right. that's interesting.
1: Yeah, so so my point about all that is like, to me, I kind of know what Boston is going to bring rotation wise. It feels sure, like. like it's like okay, they got smart Jalen Tatum um Horford and then whether whether Rob Williams is healthy or not or Grant Williams and then like Rob Williams is coming off the bench and Derek White that's like pretty much their seven and then they could go to like go to like Tyson Pritchard if they really wanted to
0: but, sure, like I, I mean really... I would I would anticipate I would anticipate things resolving themselves in such a way. You know, Pritchard's had his moments, Tice has had his moments. I'd anticipate that uh, you know, basically your backup lineup involves Grant Williams being a small ball five and you're mm-hmm. you're mostly you're mostly shunning shunning Tice and uh Tyson Pritchard. Whereas, yeah. although this team does t- Perhaps this Warriors team requires you to go a little bit deeper in the bench, but were I Ime Yudoka, I'd be trying to – like, I'd maybe – I wouldn't play – I think Tice is going to get absolutely eaten up by the – like, is not – like, I think he worked somewhat in those other series. I really don't think he can play in this series. Like, I'd play Pritchard where I had to, but, you know, probably wouldn't play Tice at all and would, would not play him more than, you know, Six to eight minutes a game, if I had to.
1: Yeah, and I totally agree. Look, right, right, and I, I I do wonder how long the bot like Boston keeps their bigs on the floor, and they they kind of keep that big lineup in because when you know Miami's a pretty small team, and yeah, they they stayed big, and it, they they had Horford and Williams out there together a lot of the time. Um, yeah, I don't. They they yeah. they they downshifted sometimes and then they put Grant in for, in for uh, Rob Williams. And like, to me, I'm curious how long they stay with maybe a big lineup, especially against like death lineup 2.0. Well, you can't, yeah, uh, I was going to say, I think as, as,
0: as, 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 Zach Lowe calls it the pool party lineup. I don't I don't think I would be surprised if Yudoka even tried to stay big against that lineup. I think at that mm-hmm. point you go – I think at that point you start by going like something like smart, white, Tatum – Tatum Brown and uh, and Hor- I think you can try and play Horford, but probably we'll end up having to just do wh- like your lineup will be your small lineup countering that. I think I think Rob- I would not play Rob Williams against that lineup probably, and I I think Horford might be able to work, but but probably would would lean towards going small or like I think it will shake itself out
1: in such a way where he has to go small. Right, and then I like with all of that. Like, if they decide to go small, like I think Tatum's role within that offense gets magnified in terms mm-hmm. of like, is he going to be able to make the right decisions? And it seems like they don't. Like, it's a lot of like isolation um with no. Tatum that, well, it, right? yeah, that's it's the like thing. All yeah, right, Tatum yeah. bail us out, but- and then. This at, is the problem. Like yeah. Six to eight seconds on the shot clock. Um, and he's been like, like game seven, he made some ridiculous shots, like coming down yeah. the stretch, stretch against the Heat. He had that like turnaround jumper with like two or three seconds left on the shot clock uh, to put them up by 12, I believe, in the fourth. And then he hit like that off balance leaning three pointer um on the wing and that like increased their lead to the point where like i thought the game was over until it wasn't but like he's been making some ridiculous shots like i'm thinking back to like round two in milwaukee like i think it was game six i believe um where he was just like or maybe it was game five or six but he was going ridiculous or it might have been that closing game but he was making a ton of shots so like if Tatum is able to be is, is able to do all of those things, like, like it doesn't seem like he can be stopped, but I'm curious how like golden state defends him. like it seems like they're going to kind of put like Draymond uh, in like a roaming role, like he's done yeah. throughout his career and then just put Wiggins on Tatum. And then like Draymond's going to pick his spots as to, as to when he can come and help. So like, if it's someone like Draymond is helping off of like a Horford or someone like that, like, this is where, this is where Boston really is going to have to maybe like, like have Grant Williams stake at, like be in the corner. And hopefully he hits 35 to 40% of his threes uh, yeah. from the corner. And that's probably the hope. But, um and, and like that, that to me, like, it seems like Jalen Brown is going to be, like, take a lot bigger of a, a mantle or a role in terms of offensively. And I just, I don't know if I trust him dribbling the ball. Like, he's turned it over a bunch. Um, and I like Jalen Brown as a player, but I I'm not sure off the dribble he's going to be able to create his own shot enough times or consistently enough. Where it's gonna be enough help for Tatum, but like, but like, I really think it's gonna be a close series because Tatum's gonna, I think, bail them out on a on several occasions.
0: So yeah, but but you believe, based on kind of getting back to my initial question, you think the Celtics' real Because pa- I think this is actually something where we disagree slightly. I think I have a little bit more faith in Brown. And I know you're not saying you. I don't think you're necessarily you're necessarily uh, uh, you're necessarily saying you're skeptical of Brown Brown's ability or anything like that. But you believe it seems like you're pretty clear on the path to to victory authentically for the Celtics being being through Tatum. Because I do I do definitely agree with you that like the the fact of the matter. To be, to be fair, yes, Tatum can create his own shot, but it's not like Tatum has shown a tremendous ability during these playoffs to like like the playmaking when option number one doesn't work for these for the Celtics team hasn't been particularly inspiring, especially I think in the um in the Heat series where the where the Heat were defensively pretty capable. Um, one thing though that I but I do disagree. Like I kind of like Browns MVP. I kind of like Browns MVP odds a little bit. Um, if you were to if you were kind of a Celtics fan and wanted to wanted to bet on that because I do agree that like playmaking uh, play and this was kind of an idea I had in the Mavs Mavs series that didn't come to fruition fruition, uh, but I'm gonna double down on it because I think Jalen Brown's better than any of the second fiddle players on the match. Like I For think sure. there's a world where like Tatum takes up enough airspace, right? Like Tatum is going to have Wiggins on him. So let's even like assume Wiggins does like the same job he did on Luka to Tatum. And you're right, Draymond's going to be in this in this kind of roaming role and we'll be able to kind of come over and probably defend the rim or, like, you know, go flying out to Grant Williams or whatever the fuck, whatever happens on any given possession. But I do think Tatum, is, I mean, Brown has at least in many, like, you're right, he turns it over too much. But I think in many he does have the ability to just kind of, like, if you just if Tatum is you know gives it to Brand, like you know passes it to Brown on the wing and Tatum's taking up enough gravity where it's just Brown versus Warriors player x he can pretty much blow by them and get to the rim fairly easily i think so i i i do think there will be at least one or two games where he possibly does show an ability to handle the offensive load and in, in that respect and yeah I I don't know I I'm just yeah it's it's interesting like and I personally believe that the road to a Celtics victory probably runs through a slightly more balanced balanced um balanced approach because I don't know I just I'm not quite sure of it, I'm just not quite sure of their ability to, to – I, like, I just – maybe maybe it changes, but it, as, after the Heat series, my belief in, like, Tatum hero ball being able to carry the day is, is slightly, uh, slightly decreased. I mean, it's not to say he played badly or anything like that or that it, I don't think it can happen. And, like, there will probably be one or two games where he scores 35, 40, you know, but, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I do think there, I do think the chan I think the, you know, the structure of the, of the Warriors lends itself to a more uh, balanced attack. And it's, I think they will have to do that in, in order to win. Um, do you have anything to add to that? Cause I kind of wanted to ask you a question about the Warriors. Like, uh. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: I've, I've one. I mean, I have a couple of things to add to yeah. like, the Jalen Brown thing. Like, he's been pretty good in the fourth quarter. I, I just kind of looked it up. He's 18 for 27 from three point range in the fourth.
0: Um, yeah. And
1: then he has like an effective field goal percentage of 76% in the fourth yeah, that's quarter. Pretty, so like, pretty great. so he's been really good in the fourth quarter. So I don't doubt his ability. I just think that, um, and I, I totally agree with you that he's better than any second option that the Mavs had that, um, that i think like he can care, help carry some of the load but i think it's more because i i don't know like the tatum like tatum well, i thing, think you just definitely has to yeah, go up yeah like yeah
0: no i agree and i think your point that like it would be hard for brown to be the focal point of the offense like mm-hmm. you know what i mean where he's initiating necessarily um like i do agree with your premise that like that would be a difficult scenario for the Celtics and him to find themselves in. I think my point I was just making were like, I think there's a world where like he shines and doesn't ever have to do that or doesn't have to do that particularly often. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then like, I guess like the, the ways that I could see them winning a game, like Tatum or winning the series Tatum ends up going crazy for one game. So that's one win. Jalen Brown goes somewhat crazy for another game. That's another win. They have a collectively crazy, like, three-point shooting, like, yeah. um, outburst where they, like, shoot, I don't know, 63s or whatever they have to shoot, and then they they make half of them. That's, like, another. Yeah. And it, they've shown that they can do that. And then, like, in game seven, it, anything can happen, and, like, Marcus Smart, or weird things end up happening. I just feel like weird things can happen, and sure, that's, and you get the game, I, I think and then you get four wins there. But it's yes, like, I, I think,
0: I, I, yeah, a sign, I think a good sign for this team will also be if, like, if in the first two games there's like a rock fight, like if there's like an 80 to 84 type game, like in game two. Or something like that. I think that's a really, really good sign for the Celtics because if Agreed. they show, uh, if they show an ability to like sort of, you know, if they show an ability to force this team into kind of uh, a little bit more of a street fight and like you know, or bring them down to the level that some of those Bucks games went, some of those Heat games went, some of those Nets games went, like and that will really show their you know as as a soccer fan and you would say that will really show their quality defensively in a in a way that you know mm-hmm. would would make me feel pretty good about about their chance to win the series overall i kind of wanted to flip it on the warriors side of things cuz i think we've we've given a pretty pretty thorough analysis of the of sort of what we're looking for in the Celtics team the way i kind of wanted to frame it to you like both you and I believe that this is going to be a a competitive series, right? Like, and Mm -hmm. with the Celtics, their potential sort of, I think their potential kind of like way paths to victory and paths to defeat are more evident. Like, I kind of wanted to frame it like this, like, what would you be worried about as a Warriors fan? Like if like, you know, or like, you know, framed a different way, like if we were to believe that, the, that the Warriors and Celtics are fairly even a sensibly, there should be, you know, weaknesses to this Warriors team. Like what do they have to do to win the series? Like, and what, what would you be worried about? Like, you know, mm. if, if you were a Warrior fan?
1: Yeah. I think the thing that I would be worried about is the, um, and I alluded to it before was like the rotation in terms of who's sure. going to be in and who's going to be out like injuries, obviously aside from injuries. And then aside from like maybe crazy Draymond antics that can maybe go overboard um, and have like really cost this team, team the series by him getting suspended or whatever. Like, aside from all of those things like the Celtics defensively probably scares me the most in terms of it feels like the Celtics match up really well like individually defensively against this Warriors team
0: that like
1: like like Marcus Smart defensive player of the year he's put on Kurt like he gets put on Curry Jalen Brown he's a good defender and he's put on clay chases him around, like around all these screens. Tatum's not a, you know, not a slouch and he'll be put on like um, whoever their third guy is probably Wiggins, but like, it's probably, yeah, it'll probably be probably be Wiggins. And then like, like, I think the offensive rebounding, I guess, like would scare me if I'm, or like, defending the offensive rebounding from the Warriors' perspective because um, it feels like Boston has that size advantage, and that's where Kevon Looney really comes – is, like, really big, I feel like, in this series, weirdly, and that, like, he's their only established big. So I I really do think – That's going to be the really interesting where does this series tip in favor? Is it like, does do the Celtics, are the Celtics able to play their big guys on the floor enough to the point where they're not getting smoked defensively um, by that, by that death 3.0 lineup or the pool party lineup? Like, are, are they going to, are they going to be able to do that? Or is, Golden State gonna be able to hold up defensively by by basically keeping that rebounding margin close enough that they're not getting killed on the offensive boards where they can take advantage um on on the offensive side of things um against the Celtics. I feel like that's to me that's the clear key to this to this series because there's no natural big uh backup big for um Kavan Looney. I mean Draymond is like that you know the small ball of five but even yeah Steve, and I mean I they kind of went get... to they went to they went to
0: be to some as a backup big in the uh in the Mavs series but I'm not quite sure you're going to be able to you know you would think the 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 Celtics are going to be way more capable at defending that than the than the Mavs were right so I, I oh I and a, think that... yeah yeah go ahead yeah no, I just, a point I wanted to make on the rotation, the rotational thing is like the Celtics really, like a thing I just wanted to hammer home like in that I think the Celtics are the first, like they're the first team the Warriors are playing this, uh, this, Playoffs And, like, maybe the Grizzlies were somewhat because Jaron Jackson Jr. is such a good defender, but Morant really – like, the point I'm making is basically any other series, like, if your primary defender got switched off of Curry and another guy was guarding him, it's, like, pretty much panic mode. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, if Jalen Brown or Tatum gets switched on to Curry, you know, it's not that big – or, you know, the big slips and, like, there's, you know – you know, smarts on the big, but, you know, and, you know, Grant Williams is on, you know, Curry or Grant Williams is on Jordan pool. Like it's, it's not as much like the chances, their ability to cause fire drills when you game out all the potential different matchups that could be had are way, way less uh, in this series than they were, than they were potentially before, which I, I find to be a pretty, pretty fascinating thing to that will be, interesting to watch play out and you kind of alluded to one thing that like i wanted to sort of because this was the thing i was thinking about also was just like i think that the point you started to get out with talking about looney and Biggs was more just like this idea of like the celtics have had to play a couple different ways so far this playoffs you know what i mean like they've done the two big things against like that you alluded to when williams was out they kind of, like against the Against the Bucks, they were kind of able to do the small lineup thing, and of course, like the Warriors have these different lineups. But like, you know, uh, Kerr, what Kerr will do if it comes time to sort of make a big adjustment, and like, I like what you know, what what if there's a world where like Clay Thompson shouldn't be. Like, you know what I mean? What, what do you do hmm. if Clay Thompson starts the series playing badly and you have to make an adjustment there? Or like, what if Looney isn't becomes sort of like not playable and you need to like give one of these other guys, like you need to give an auto Porter, like reintegrate an auto Porter or, a, or an Iggy into the mix. Like this isn't to say they can't, but they haven't really had to that much. And I do think it will be interesting, um, Generally in these final series, if they're competitive, once again, which we're sort of anticipating that it will be, there are usually those one or two key adjustments. Like you can just think of like the sort of Warriors teams over the years, like starting the death lineup, you know, not like Andrew Bogut, like stuff like, you know, putting Andrew Bogut on whoever, like, whatever weird adjustments they had to make with their bigs in the past. Like, generally, there's one or two of those sort of adjustments that need to be made throughout the course of the series. And, like, when you do look at this team, you're like, I wonder where those adjustments would actually come from, whereas with the Celtics, it feels a little bit more like we have a universe of potential options that exists at this point.
1: Right, and I think that's where, that that's, like, my kind of big question, like, if Looney just, you know, and he's proven this playoffs that he's an extremely valuable rotation piece and like giving them really good minutes um, and being able to stay on the floor as big, but let's say he's not playable. Like I guess the natural thing is to go to pool, but like, it's not like, don't you just envision pool getting switched on to Tatum every time sure. he's on the floor? And that probably not gonna be great for for golden or for golden state defensively so that's like that's probably the move and then i like the clay thing even if he does struggle i feel like kerr's kind, kind of gonna ride with him i i just don't yeah, know no, like, I, agree. Natu- I don't know naturally who would be mm-hmm. up next like do you like you really gonna like sacrifice uh clay's like potential for three-point shooting and even if he is struggling like it's not like boston is going to be playing three feet off of him on the three-point line anyway sure like he's going to so. continue to shoot those shots so like are you going to put gary payton jr in, in place of him? i don't know like, that's I... kind
0: of what i was thinking i'm not saying
1: <laughs> we're talking in hypotheticals
0: now there isn't enough evidence that uh clay is going to struggle but like i do wonder if there's a world where like if payton's healthy like that like he would be when you said the next man up that he was the first guy that came to mind
1: yeah and that's pretty much what i'll be keeping a close eye on in game one like whether or not kerr is going to be like revealing all his cards or revealing his hand um, like if it's well in hand, I'm sure he's not going to like,
0: yes, he may not have everything. to do yeah.
1: everything. He might not have to, but like, I I'm curious, like if game one, uh, down the stretch gets really tight, what lineup he ends up going with six, six to eight minutes left in the fourth. Sure. Um, to, to finish, because it's been like very, I feel like it's been very matchup dependent throughout the playoffs yes, uh, I, for yes, the Warriors. 100%. Whereas, whereas, To me, for Boston, it's been like, all right, here are dudes. Like, we know how to play together. Yeah. And, like, it's not going to change too much outside of that. Yeah, like I don't uh,
0: foresee William.
1: I don't foresee Williams closing many games in this series. Although, yeah, you
0: know, I may don't, I yeah. don't. I don't foresee him closing many games because I don't foresee Looney closing many games. But you know, <laughs> I, I guess that that could change. But uh, we'll right, play. because right, that is then, somewhat. I yeah, that is somewhat. To be fair, all of these questions about Yudoka is a rookie head coach, right? So it's <laughs> not like. Uh, it's not like there aren't questions about, you know, he's going to have to make adjustments as well, but you made the point that like, for the most part, it seems like they've had their, their identity and kind of that, that will be fairly malleable to whatever the Warriors do. Although that's putting it a little lightly, obviously the pool lineup specifically is going to be a handful.
1: Mm -hmm. And, and I think one of the things that I want to point out is like, I felt like Horford has been able to hold up on switches uh, when he gets sure. switched defensively onto like maybe that point guard that or that ball handling. Like I think he got switched onto uh, Butler a bunch like during that Miami series. Like and he he held up decently well to the point where it wasn't like oh my gosh, you're literally going to this action again and again to the point where they they're getting killed and he has to be yanked after five possessions like he's been able to hold up and i think that that's probably what golden state is probably going to try to exploit especially if grant williams is on the floor like from one through four smart brown tatum williams like those four guys are gonna be able to stay in front of Curry relatively decently as well as you can uh, uh, in front of someone that's that skilled uh ball handling wise. It's the key is like whether or not Horford's going to be able to do that on a consistent basis. So uh that's going to be really fascinating. I feel like at this point we're kind of talking in circles in terms of like hypotheticals and things like that. What do you feel like in terms of like? To me, I think I mean like are are we basically just sticking with our predictions that we've come through with at the end of this whole yes, conversation? Yeah, I, I thought we were. Are, are, are yeah. we are we basically like you're going Boston in seven? I'm going Golden State in seven, or or has it switched in any way? Or because to me, like if I had to answer my that prediction question of if I feel better or worse. About yeah. my about my prediction in Golden State in seven, I feel slightly worse about it actually. Interesting, as weird as that sounds. Because Interesting, because I, I was yeah yeah. I do, yeah, I do, yeah I I go ahead. Think, no, I do think that Boston consistency rotation wise. I just feel like they they have this weird chemistry together. It seems like and I'm and I'm a little worried rotation wise. For Golden State, in terms of, let's say, if one of these guys, like and namely Looney, can't be playing on the floor, is Poole, Is it as simple as pool just going in and and taking that those minutes, or yeah. is I there going to yeah. be some type of mm-hmm. like mix and match of like Peyton comes in, Otto Porter comes in, Bealiza? Like, I, I I'm not sure if like if they can't figure out like. Who that maybe sixth seventh guy is, um, that or that seventh guy is? Maybe mm-hmm. that's where my hands kind of go up in the air. But sure, I mean that's maybe like me feeling one percent, one to five yeah. percent worse about my yeah. prediction. But that's yeah, that's kind of like yeah, maybe the anxiety slash concern kind of coming.
0: No, I me. I hear you. Well, a thing I uh, a thing I. Um... A thing I would just say in response to that is like, and it's not an answer per se, but like, I think how early Kerr has to go to the pool. Like if game one's close and he kind of like hits the pool, like pretend like the panic button and the pool button are kind of the same thing. Like if he has to go to that lineup in game one and it doesn't really work, then like I'd, I'd be concerned, but like it's possible that doesn't come for a while, especially like, like as you've kind of pointed out, the Celtics have played like the Celtics do like they have the ability to go small but they favored playing bigs. So it's not possible that they ever even it's possible that they never even played Looney off the floor to such an extent that they need to worry about that. Um but mm-hmm. um sort of just like But I, I understand your concern in that respect. And like my answer to the Celtics thing is like, I'm still keeping, I'm, I'm, I'm still keeping my prediction of Celtics in in seven, but it's really just mostly based on this idea that like, they were kind of like, it's all, and you know, I wasn't like, to be clear, it's not like I was super duper high on them, um, it's not like I was super duper high on them coming into the playoffs. I think I put them as like the fifth overall playoff contender. And I think I probably, mm-hmm. put the War- I think I put the Warriors as second overall, but just as, as you kind of raised this point about like the weird chemistry, quote unquote, or whatever, but like to me and the, but that's the thing. The Warriors have played well enough where I can't act like I've gotten less confident in them, but the Celtics have just like, it's like they were kind of the best team in the regular season they've been the best team in the playoffs. Like, sure. They've been up and down at times, but that, that kind of core of what they're going to do is still there. And like, I believe it to enough of an extent that I'm willing to keep it the same. I think I had just had, but if I'm putting my confidence level in my prediction, like would I, I'm not really like, I'll put it this way. Like, I'm not going to shill. I'm not going to, I'm going to maybe bet on them in individual games. Like, I think I've, And it hasn't really worked. It's basically gone 50% in every, Mm -hmm. like I'll probably bet on them in game one. And if they lose, I'll bet on them in game two, basically would, would kind of be my strategy. And then I'd pick them in a game seven or like, I would pick them in a game where like, you know, I picked them in a in a place where I felt like the narrative was against them, kind of, and I felt like I was gaining some value. But like, I'm not confident. We're like, I'm gonna throw twenty bucks or like fifty bucks on them, plus one thirty. Like, my confidence mm-hmm. level is at like fifty one to fifty five percent, basically, because it's kind of interesting, like. You're talking about, like, these new questions you're having. Like, t- like, if you look at the Celtics side is just easy. Like, it's like, well, if they kind of get bogged down offensively and have trouble, they're going to be fucked. Like, we know right. that, but we kind of have known that. It's not a particularly mm-hmm. new concern, and I'm confident. Like, they do have, like, they've weathered that storm in the, in the Heat series, and I don't think, like, the Warriors are – the warriors are imposing more of a problem defensively than the heat were obviously they're posing more of an offensive problem and they may be sort of more drained on that end of the floor but it's just not as uh not as not as uh like it's not a thing that like where i feel like some new challenge in that regards is going to be posed and that's that's why i feel comfortable keeping it the same so are you sticking like as we kind of
1: as we yeah, kind of wrap as we wrap up, up, like, up,
0: yeah, are yeah. you, are you, I'll stick, I'm sticking with Celtics and seven. Like, are you going to jump ship? Or are you going to say Warriors and seven? And if you are taking the Warriors, like, I think this would be the first time we were, like, split in a finals. Like, do we I put, like, do we make, come up with some kind of fun, like, what can we, can we bet on this in in some way? What do we, what do we do here? Yeah, I so, think the Warriors. So
1: I'm, I'm sticking with the Warriors in seven. Um okay. and this this is the first time we're split on a I, it feels like in a like ever in a like I a, think ever. Series. I think we both I think we both liked
0: the I think we both liked the Bucks last year. I think we yeah. both liked the Raptors. Um mm-hmm. I think that, and those are the only two finals we've ever picked,
1: I think, right? Yeah. So I think this so. is the first finals that we're, we're splitting. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm going Warriors instead. And it All right. like so, needs to be put on the So line how and- about
0: this? If, if, if the, if the Celtics win, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to change the name of the podcast permanently but the next episode we do will in infor- I will get my name on the podcast for that for okay. that episode. Okay. alone. No so that <laughs> that
1: totally that is totally valid and i feel like a a meal as well should be on the sure list. and i will and
0: i will uh i will i will owe you a meal i will owe you a meal if uh if, if the other if the warriors end up pulling it out and who knows maybe we get to game seven and you know we will we'll really be sweating it out and we'll do some sort of live reaction pod
1: or something though the live stream might have to come into play so <laughs> <laughs> that would,
0: but no that would offense dude yeah. that would be really funny but no offense I think if this series goes seven no one's really watching our live I don't think our live stream is going to be marquee and enter- although who knows with with uh with Mike Breen having COVID and uh and uh Jeff Van Gundy sounding the way he did uh, at the in the Uh-oh, game seven yeah. of the Celtics game. It's possible we're on. Is it possible they get far enough down the line that we get called in to to analyze the? You know, I, I'm if we were in that situation, I see myself being in that in that Van Gundy fun curmudgeon role. Like I don't see you as as much of a mark. I think you're more insightful than Mark Jackson. Um, but I think I you do have that. to be, as a man of faith, at the very least, you do have to be the Mark Jackson type.
2: And you right. did record, yeah.
0: and you did record your, you did record your employees that one time, and then got fired for it. So I think you're <laughs> kind of like Mark
1: Jackson in that, in that respect um, as well. Yeah, I, I feel like that might have to, I might have to take <laughs> that role. So um, it seems like we're sticking with it. You guys he- he heard it here. We have a bet on the line. Um, so what do you I, – I guess, like, kind of to move off the finals, there's a couple – two NBA things that I did want to hit before okay, we, we closed sure. out the pod. And, and this, like, the Lakers thing, Garvin Ham, is that, like, anything? Or am I, like, do I – are we spending, like, 30 seconds on this and then we can move on to, like, the yeah. real – Sadness of what ended up happening happening during the NBA lottery.
0: <laughs> sure, I mean we need to do a next temperature check with some of the reporting that's out there as well. I know. Yeah, no offense. I think it's a I think it's a thirty second hit. Unfortunately, like, here, I think like we were taught. So like the three candidates were like, ironically, former Nets coach Kenny Atkinson, Ford, <laughs> former Blazer coach Terry Stotts, and then Darvin Ham, who was kind of the lead assistant for this Bucks team, like. I think Ham. I think you and I basically agreed like Ham was the best perspe- prospect out there. But like I think you and there's just this kind of co- like the coaches, whatever, and like the per- I think like I, and I'm really doing a bad job, but the personnel decisions, like what happens with Westbrook and like beyond, are going to right. dictate what he's able to do. Right? Like if you move yeah. off of Westbrook and you truly have the the chance to change the way or maybe if you stick with Westbrook, but you're like, it's the known that he's like not really going to play that much. Like then maybe you get the chance to mold the team in your image a little bit more. And I think the ceiling for what ham could do for this team is like, what a guy like Ty Lu did for the, did for the Cleveland Cavs and like their, you know, championship in their kind sure. of second championship renaissance, right? Like just kind of be a steady force, have the ability to make the adjustments, you know, but not really have to do too much, right? Like that's kind of what you're looking for out of that. But I do think the um I do think the uh the the roster changes come first and like obviously there's just always going to be that question of like as long as LeBron James is on the te- on a team, how much Influences a coach really exert because I think you and I both had this idea of like this mutual agreement that like he was probably the best prospect and like I think you and I were both like why is Atkinson in the mix for that reason just like he's shown abilities but they're really in that kind of player development multi-young team front like Stotts just would have been kind of like your traditional pack like he has a good offensive mind and I think would have had some influence on that team, but like he probably would have been the most kind of just patsy, you know, whatever. He's a coach, kind of in in name only type guy. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, it's a good hire in theory, but like, what impact he actually ha- has on that team remains to be seen. What What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. No, I think I think you nailed everything. Like to me, it just boils down to like. In a, in a vacuum, he's a good hire for pretty much any team because he's like he's that hot assistant coach. Uh, but was the the coaching wasn't the problem on this team? Like Vogel wasn't the problem. He won a he won a title two years. Like that wasn't anything that they needed to fix. So it's to me, I, if I'm Frank Vogel, I feel a little like. I mean, come like, come on, guys! Like, it it really wasn't his fault, but um, yeah,
2: agree. And
1: uh, and like, I wonder where he gets hired next. Especially, he has such an interesting coaching resume with like that Pacers team. Then you know, like, and then he goes to where do you go? Like Orlando, and then and then yeah. to this Lakers team. So such a weird and interesting windy uh, coaching career, but. Like that wasn't the problem and it's all the personnel decisions. So that's pretty much all I needed to say about that. All right, moving on to the Blazers. or do you wanna talk next first and then we could kind of talk about Blazers or what do you want what do you want to do? Uh yeah, like, no, I don't think either
0: are worthy of that much
1: discuss like are worthy yeah, of yeah. Like, discussion. So up to you. I can go Nets first and it's just like, yeah, reports came out. Kyrie's not signed. <laughs> like, like they're not going to sign Kyrie to this max deal. And I don't really know what is going to happen in the future of this team. Yeah. Like KD's kind of been like, yeah, we're boys still like, I don't know. It just seems like, like whatever happens off, you know, off the court.
2: Yeah. Let me just throw court, two qu- let, but, let me just
0: throw two questions at you real quick that I'm literally interested in. Knowing. Like, like, one is, like, what percent chance do you – like, wh- what percent chance do you put it at that, like, this team actually gets blown up? And, like, I, yeah, exa- do you think there's actually a chance that things get blown up? And two is more, like, what do you actually want to see happen this off
1: season in Brooklyn? I mean, when Kyrie, is on the floor, he's a good player. Like, that's, like – that can't be argued like no of course all the stats and things like that it's like everything else that the 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 stuff about him not being able to show up on a consistent basis that's the problem here and like if you're Joe Psy, you don't want to be paying someone that you're not exactly sure if they're going to show up to work on and like you're going to commit that future and that much money to him um but like his his value's probably at an all time low, right? Like, I don't know. Like I, I'm not exactly sure what you could get for him on the trade market and in a sign in, in, in a sign and trade. And then K D is signed uh for the next four years, I believe. So he's locked into a long term deal, which would be to me like so incredibly sad if, you know, out of all of this we're just left with and it's also such a Nets thing for that to happen you know as soon as like the as soon as Boston makes the finals um the Nets are left with one of these three guys that um at the end of the year so I to me the percentage is like genuinely probably like 55 to 60 percent that he stays but maybe at like a Shortened deal type of thing But I don't know I really have no idea um, And it seems like To me What the Nets organizations Kind of had They're sick of it basically They're just kind of tired of like yeah, Dealing with everything And they just want a direct Slash clear answer Of what's going to happen with Kyrie So I don't know I don't really know Like it seems like Kyrie wants to stay in terms of wants to be a net, but on his terms. And so that doesn't seem like it's going to work out. And I don't really know – like, I don't really know what they can get for him. That's the thing. Like, what do you – if you're another GM of the team, what are you trading for Kyrie Irving? Yeah, I have no idea.
0: Yeah. I'm sure we'll see this – I, I I'm sure we'll yeah. see this borne out as the as the as the off season goes on. I mean, yeah. I personally see this all being like, of course, there's going to be some discontent and stuff like that after a season like this. You know, yeah. like I think the status quo will. I think it's like as you kind of said. Like or I think you've kind of alluded to like this idea that like no one's really happy about it, but at the end of the day, maintaining the status quo and running it back with with you know the addition of Simmons or whatever is probably the probably the best the best uh case scenario for all all parties involved and i i I feel like that's likely where things will end up despite uh, and, and, despite and, the like, grumblings.
1: Yeah, we're basically in a holding pattern. I feel like yeah. until more information comes out. All right, so we're turning to the Portland Trailblazers. Blazers, um, Andrew. Our podcast did not work. Give the requisite amount of good juju to the to the yeah. Blazers' um, future uh, draft pick. Our 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 su- our. Uh, so, our, yeah. our, our our spin of the of the uh random i i don't know the random generator or random pick generator we didn't yeah. get the number two pick in so real I life to, so yeah. uh i want to tell to you me. a story i want to tell yeah. you yeah i want to tell
0: you a story about i think this can pretty much sum it all up and then we can do two minutes on what they should do uh but like I'll i'll give you a little story about how my draft night went like uh the draft night was like uh before uh I forget whatever before whatever game. It was like what a couple was it last week or two? No, it was two weeks ago on Tuesday, mm-hmm. a Tuesday night at like eight eight or something around seven thirty. I'm I'm getting pretty excited uh, for the for the draft. The Blazers have the six overall selection in theory, but you know have I think like a thirty three percent chance of jumping up into the top four. I'm excited and I'm looking in my closet and I'm like, it would be pretty stupid to wear a blazer Jersey during the, during the, uh, during the draft and I'm like, eh, I'm just going to do it. Who gives a shit? I throw on, I'm wearing a pair of blue sweat shorts and a gray t-shirt. And over that, I throw over a Brandon Roy jersey I have in my closet. I haven't worn it in probably like four years or something like that. Um, I go sit down in my living room and first, first and foremost, as the draft is about to start, I look out my window and see pointing through my window. Uh, My buddy, Kevin McCarthy and his girlfriend and his girlfriend's sister who's in town and they're walking to a bar and happen to be walking like they were probably walking past our apartment. And like, you know, I think my friend was like, oh, look, there's where, you know, Andrew lives and like pointed in and saw me. So I see him pointing at me. So I have to go outside and say hi in this ridiculous outfit. And explain why I'm wearing this <laughs> wrinkled jersey and mismatched outfit to his girlfriend and his sister. You know, I go back inside, and the Blazers proceed to drop from the sixth pick to the seventh pick. And I, I'm pretty disappointed. I just, it's stupid. Obviously, odds are what odds are, but I had felt good vibes and let myself be optimistic and excited. And I look down at my jersey and I realize I'm wearing the number seven, number seven. on yeah. on on so I, I can't help but feel responsible. If I'd worn my Damian Lillard jersey, the Blazers probably would have gotten the zeros pick. So yeah. you know there would have been some malfunction. I should have been wearing my Amphony Yeah, I should have been wearing my Anthony Simons uh I was about know, to jersey. Say.
1: Yeah, about so it is
0: it is what it is like. And at this point, they're they're in the seventh. They have the seventh pick. They've just hired Mike Schmidt from ESPN, who's this draft guru type guy. So that denotes to me that they're going to be taking a long, a long, hard look and actually drafting with this pick or at least, you know, doing their due diligence and scouting it. We will see what happens. I don't have any strong real opinions on the player type. Uh, you know, and the trade front, I think stuff will burble out. I heard stuff about OG and Adobe today, although it would really surprise me if he were actually available. Um, but we'll see. It's kind of like in taking my temperature, it's kind of – I, I, as we get closer, I'll maintain more of an opinion. I'm underwhelmed but still simultaneously kind of excited to see in what direction this team goes
1: with Yeah, it. I – I was definitely disappointed. <laughs> like, I, I was yeah. like, we, I mean, because we were talking about the big three, like, you know. Yeah. Maybe we could take yeah. Jabal... like, just thinking about all yeah. the things. And then, like. Once you was... drop the seven, you
0: know you're not getting a game changer. You're very likely getting a right away impactful player, you know, through the draft. Right. And that kind of. It just adds kind of. The, the the post-CJ McCollum trade has just been, like, all of these potential paths to improvement popping up and then being taken away. So I think it pretty much, pre- like, the most likely way for this to end is for them taking, like, the most random player at seven ever. And it's like, well, I guess it's time to look at, like, minimum free agents and, like, news about Anthony Simon's contract extension. But who knows?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that'll be... It'll be interesting who maybe they can get in the trade market or potentially get what names come out. The Ananobi name's interesting. I just don't know if like he's worth number seven. So um and like would you rather you know,
0: have you'd you'd rather have Ananobi than Grant though if you're trading seven for something, right? Or no? Um, I kind of think I'd rather have Ananobi. I think Ananobi is as good of a fit next to Dame as pretty much anyone.
2: Like I know he's yeah. not
0: like a bona fide second guy, but like you know, uh, yeah, that that's as good of a a the a three and D
1: guy as as there is. You know. Yeah, I just yeah, it, it was disappointing. That that's all I yeah. to say, and I'm, I'm just yeah. curious to no, see what fair. other names come out. Well, um, as as you've kind of adopted yourself into this world
0: of Blazer fandom, the disappointments are are frequent. So, so don't don't be too upset, buddy.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm hoping for better news. I was hoping for better news for Dame, honestly, and I thought that was the. Uh, I thought. Yeah, like, I thought. Yeah. That was going to be like the thing that some type of like good luck was on. The, yeah um blazers it was side, pretty but... it was
0: pretty funny and we gotta wrap up i gotta go but uh th- it was kind of funny like the kings who were right before the blazers jumped up which is why they fell to seven and mm-hmm. him and sabonis were sitting next to each other and uh S- sabonis after they got it like smiled and said he said something and got a laugh and i'm almost positive like game looked at him and was like, you motherfucker, or something yep. along those yeah. lines.
2: Yeah. <laughs> because
0: to to go all the way there, like, basically be the highest profile person sitting on that dais and have the guy next to you uh, jump up while you move down the spot has to be pretty pretty much a bummer, so.
1: Yeah, so. That's uh, that was tough. I don't they already know when they are on the dais, like what happened like because it happened no, like in that no, no, no. room or is that
0: it does it has been preordained and exe- an executive from so like someone like Joe Cronin Joe Cronin was so probably was so back in that room and knows what happens, but as it's being revealed to the people in the room in and the on the day. They don't know. like, I think okay. it's like a thing where Got like it, okay. after that happens, those people are released and whatever.
1: But I think I the see, only I people
0: see. who know are sequestered in that room at the
1: time. So. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty much all I wanted to touch upon, but um, yeah, man, anyways, we're uh, we're in for a really exciting uh, finals. It seems like, and um, let's see what ends up happening and uh, what happens to our bet. So uh, Andrew, thanks again for, for coming back on and maybe next time it's going to be Andrew Ramondi and I, I don't even know what I was going to try yeah, to come we'll, up we'll with but like we'll figure we'll, it out it, we got to let the the idea marinate a little bit but um
2: yeah it, it may not, not come, to <laughs> it Anytime, buddy. come
1: to that yeah no problem